Come and grab your friends. It's time for MetaWatch, the world's first, best, only, and probably last MetaBots Damashi podcast. My name's Mitch. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm getting too old for this shit. Joining me as always, they aren't as young as they used to be. Colin. My name's Colin. Uh, my pronouns are they and them, and I'm here for one last row battle. Tomorrow is when I retire. Ooh, ooh. Got to get my fight in quick then. Uh, and returning as a special guest, their no spring chicken, Quinn. Hello, my name is Quinn. My pronouns are they, them, and I'm here to rebel the only way that I can by fighting them in disguise. It's <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, we uh oh, we got a good zero episode. This is unbelievable. Like, <laughs> I'm just happy his daddy issues aren't subtext anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just uh, text. We also get the forbidden eye backstory that uh, I said that if we would have gotten this, what like a couple of like five episodes that I would like quit the show and they actually like Metabots has gotten good enough and done enough work to pay this off that like I actually enjoyed seeing it. Uh. Right. It's interesting because in a way thematically what we're talking about this week is a Nye duology. <laughs> the duology of Nye. Yeah. Yeah. Nye is becoming the main character because Genkai has gone on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't see Genkai. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's get straight into it. Uh, our first episode today is Mystery Metafighter Unmasked, uh, which is episode 22 slash 74. Uh, we are chugging along. <laughs> yeah, we only have a handful of episodes left. Yeah. Um, and then um, I guess we're done forever. I, I never have to talk to Colin again, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we start out, Cam go. Uh, so one, I'm really confused about, um, this scene. I don't know if this is a flashback or if this is simply happening again or what, but, uh, Cam goes into an arcade, um, uh, sees Banjo playing a holographic fight man game, uh, and sees Banjo defeat a holographic fight man, uh, which then Cam challenges him and, uh, you know, said, like, you know, offers him a job. The way that he's talking about it makes it seem like this is the first time they've ever interacted mm-hmm. and it should be a flashback, mm-hmm. but also seems like maybe this is just, I don't know, also kind of Cam is just additionally trying to recruit Banjo again for some reason. I don't fucking know. But Cam beats him uh, and, uh, you know, tells tells Banjo if he wants a, a real exciting time, he can come row battling uh, and he'll give him the greatest killbot of all time. Uh, it's, it's so interesting because I am brought into so many considerations in this scene. First of all, there there is all of the questions about when it's happening. I, I feel like it has to be a flashback. But also, it's not. It's not clear. It, it's just not clear. And I'm also like, damn. What if we were watching a show about those little fight guys? What's up with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, so what franchise are like, they from? <laughs> I was looking at this. And I'm like, oh, this is just Yu-Gi-Oh. This entire beginning part. This is just a Yu-Gi-Oh. Which I was well, fine does, with. But they've got some like ultimate muscle ass character design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't it, know. It is. Uh, it is incredibly brave of, of Metabots to not simply make this a 3D Metabot fighting game like any other show would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, there's there's a competitive FGC that exists and it has nothing to do with Metabots. <laughs> well, yeah. we know that because Icky and uh, Metabee keep playing uh, 
six button fighters. Oh, they're playing it they on their console together. To Tekken while they're at home. But like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like they just like fighting games. I'm guessing somebody, like at least several people, have to be really into fighting games. How frequently they come up? Like, there's no other kind of game in the Metabots world. It is either a Metabot you fight physically, or a fighting game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, the last time I saw two people have a discussion um, while uh, playing a holographic video game in an arcade, it did result in them having a knife fight in a park, falling in love, getting married, and having a baby and stopping a war. So, uh, mm-hmm. we might have a new ship on our hands here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, we... Um... At first, I was like, oh wait, fighting game, knife fight... Falling in Mary getting love. Oh, is this is this autobiographical? And then baby stopping a war. Okay, never mind. Yeah, no, it is. I was like, it oh. is Macross. Uh, that is that is a maybe one of the greatest scenes of Macross at all times, where two characters uh, play a video game in an arcade and then get into a knife fight in a park. It's great. <laughs> that is good. Hey, fighting games are no joke. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, this is followed up with, uh, we, we go to a park, Arika is mining Icky for stories for her next headline, um, uh, she basically wants to, uh, you know, kind of, you know, create some journalism to do a story about how good row-battling is, so that kids remember that row-battling was good and fun, and they should do that instead of simply killing each other with kilowatts. Um, but, So she's uh, trying to do free PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, Zuru's here, and he's got a big old booger. <laughs> this is the weirdest running gag for this episode. It's like, all right. Uh, like, it it feels like it's supposed to be exposition to explain why he's not out as the the mystery metafighter for, like, so much of this episode. It's because he's sick and he's staying at home or something. But they also never explicitly say that. He just simply well, has a booger for this entire episode. <laughs> also, he does just walk around. Like the whole yeah. time, right? So it's not—it's not even he's staying at home. It's just like, at first I thought they're going to play with like you know how when you're sick your voice changes or whatever, and I thought maybe they're going to play off that, but like that's not mentioned. Yeah, they, where's the even, sub? Yeah. I need the sub. I need it. <laughs> right. This is. This I is need them up, to explain things that they write off. This is calling up some really interesting <laughs> questions about differences, because here they use it to like play off some like oh is he about to cry and it's like no it was just a booger. Yeah. Or like, uh, you know, you you would expect that the, you know, knowing that the title of this episode is Mystery Metafighter Unmasked, the thing that is going to unmask him is he's going to sneeze and his hat will fly off and then everybody will see his face or something. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I was expecting, I, at the very least, like, the uh, Mystery Metafighter would start, like, sniffling in a fight. And they're like, oh, that's, uh, you know, that's, oh, that, all right. Nope, don't get that even. They are going to be taking what I like to refer to as the long way around. Yeah. <laughs> now, spoilers for people who apparently listen to this podcast without watching the show. He is unmasked, sort of. Yeah, we'll get Like, someone it. knows his identity. Uh, yeah. That's fine. Um, the entire, like, I, I mentioned it uh, last episode, a few episodes ago. Who cares? Time doesn't mean anything. Um, how cute Icky and Menaby have gotten together. And these two episodes are just, hey, what if these boys just became one brain and they share that one brain cell between the two of them? Mm-hmm. 
and I I'm living for it. Like they're goofing around on the slide, just being idiots. Like they're just idiots for the next two episodes straight, and it is just adorable. I'm loving it. Mm. I'm living for it. I like yeah. Icky now. <laughs> it, like it took two entire series of an anime, but I like Icky now. Oh man, uh, yeah, because like Arika is trying to get him to tell some stories, and Iki and Metabi both just keep being like, "Oh, well, there's this one time where we fought this Metabot and we beat it, uh, and that's their whole story. They don't have any other details, uh, and that's what they just keep saying over and over again." Zuru keeps sneezing, so Arika asks him for a story, and that's when we get we get some lore, uh, we get we get some backstory. Uh, where we find out that, uh, you know, back when his dad used to work at the Metabot Corporation, he had an older friend who taught him how to love row-battling uh, because he sucked shit uh, and, uh, but, and, and got mad and, and rage quit, but she was the one who taught him that the importance of row-battling is friendship and having a good time and connecting with your meta-partner. But uh, this mysterious girl who must have been in high school... Uh, disappeared one day and he has no idea who she could possibly be despite ev- basically looking exactly the same <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there yeah uh, yeah it's it's a fun cute backstory where he yeah. explains hey i was so bad at meta battling like just all the time which confirms my theory of his dad was the one who quit because his son sucks so much shit. He's like, I need to invent metabots mm-hmm. that can't lose. Right. <laughs> Which, I mean, if his dad invented Tyrell Beetle, and now he has Tyrell Beetle, it did work. The evil plan did work. Yeah. Well, uh, Arika gets her headline, uh, and then, uh, you know, we get a really, really great moment of Icky making kissy face on Metabi. Uh I cannot wait to see that in the GIFs. It'll be very good. We're getting um, there. Yeah. Uh, but this is when Arika starts talking about how she wishes she could convince the rogue Metafighters uh, of the importance of friendship, and the mystery Metafighter, too, because, but he has too much of a thick head. And then we get another really good uh, boogie shot out of Zuru, um, because, of course, they don't know who the mystery Metafighter is uh, for some reason. <laughs> uh, but then we see Cam and Banjo are on the prowl uh, with with Blossom Ale, uh, and, uh, you know, Cam's figured out that Zuru is in hiding in plain sight. He's, he's probably just a student walking around. Um, uh, and of course, wouldn't have Dorcas with him. It'd be, it'd be too obvious. So uh, they're going to go through with their plan of just assaulting every school child they run into. <laughs> I really like. First of all, I feel like they're framed in a very cool way for these shots. Like the mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. some like dynamic layering in the in their their posing. Um, and also, it's very funny to watch Banjo just go, huh? So all I have to do is find the guy who's running around with rocks. <laughs> And then Cam's like, no, you piece of shit. If it was that easy, I would have done it. Yeah. God damn it. This is truly like a a, a tremendously great duo. Uh, Banjo is such a good addition to this fucking show. I lo- Banjo. The himbo Sasuke. Yeah. No, it's it's great. I I said uh, a moment ago, they've been, they've been trying out Sasuke's for a minute here. Yeah. And I feel like they finally found like a good one. This guy is working on yeah. the Sasuke level. Yeah. And this is also, like, you know, we're getting the proper tragic backstory uh, for for Zuru to make him a good Sasuke as well. Mm-hmm. It's just oops all Sasuke's this God, episode. It is. Wow, it's three of them. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh the 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 trinity of Sasuke, the cam, the banjo, and the holy Zuru. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um uh, so, Icky shows up at Nye's uh, to return some kind of part manual that he borrowed and finds her uh, hunting through piles and piles of, of old paperwork and books and notebooks in her storage unit trying to find an old Metabot design. Uh, and the whole thing comes crashing down. Uh, and what manages to slip out? But she finds her old diary and it's got pictures inside. Uh, it's from back when she was interning at the Metabot Corporation as a high schooler, which she did because her grandfather is Dr. Aki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dr. Aki fucked is what is what we're learning about. I here. mean, we, we already knew that. <laughs> the man is um, in, uh, unscrupulous and also rich. Like, he does attract things, I guess. It's awful. Uh, and says, is... We know he has to have family because he's got a niece, right? Yeah. So he's got to have some family. Well, as we know, uh, Karen was created in a lab. She is a robot. Um, So he doesn't actually even have to have uh, uh, siblings. (laughs) Now, do you think Dr. Aki got married is the thing? Ooh, that is the question. What kind of person would marry Dr. Aki? (laughs) He always seemed like a sort of guy who'd go around uh, sowing the wild oats, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dr. Aki sucks, but he does not love. Yeah. Oh, it's a Robert Baratheon kind of situation out here. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna imagine if Doctor Aki turns into a wife guy. Oh no, no yeah, because to me he's just sort of a greasy old poon hound. Yeah, yeah I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. he was he was trying to you know uh, what run off with his his uh, subordinate scientist off to Chicago or whatever last episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but what if now he's like, you know what? Since I know aliens exist and are real, and also I'm kind of working on a robot company that gives bodies to alien souls uh, that we kind of clone, maybe I should find love now. So maybe Uh, that's what he's going after. Dr. Aki simply loves his curvy wife. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, I was trying to think of which Uh, metabot that would be. Gorm too? Oh, oh, Dr. Aki loves, excuse me, I meant to say Dr. Aki loves his churly wife. Ah! <laughs> 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 We're getting there. Uh, yeah, um, but, uh, you know, uh, she whips out some of these pictures uh, and uh, thinks back to uh, the, the time when, uh, you know, she brings up this uh, little kid um, she used to play with who was the son of one of the... Um, you know, the the scientists at the Metabot Corporation who just up and left one day and she never got a chance to say goodbye. It's very sad. Uh, the doctor's name oh. was Dr. Mazu. Yeah. In the English sub. Uh, this means that Zuru's full name is Zuru Mazu. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> his, um, hmm, I think it's Yuzuru uh, Mazu. Because his name, because uh, dad's name is Yuzumu. And then his name is uh, Yuzumi, and then this is Yuzuru. Yeah. So yeah. So his Ooh. his full his full Christian metabot name is uh, uh, Mazuru Yuzuru. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
We again cut to Banjo, who is now just running, running around assaulting children, asking them if they're the mystery metafighter, then sticking Blossom Ale uh, Red Run onto them and, uh, you know, waiting to see, basically, like, you know, not even expecting them to be the mystery metafighter, but just trying to cause, like, enough of a, a commotion for the mystery metafighter to show now, up. I really like, uh, so Red Run, uh, Nerder, uh, pokes their head around a corner, yes. and then the jaws open up and the eyes light up in the middle. <laughs> the like I love that shit. design. That is the coolest shit. I love Lydia. it so much. I like so. Damn. Either, either, uh, they keep their mouth closed at all times and are blind until they open their mouth, or those eyes are fake just to scare people. Either way, that's dope as yeah. hell. Uh, I think I'm uh, here most of it. the time it's it's uh, navigating by smelling sin is what I mm, think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah that makes <laughs> that sense. Sounds like something Blossom Ale would do. Like a nun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is such a sick design, especially like you know thinking back to the various like the the emperor line from the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. And how basically we would just get, like, a new interpretation of it, like, every 12 or so episodes. And instead of just, like, you know, having this one design just be the the big baddie uh, that we constantly are afraid of showing up again, mm-hmm. it just, it rules. Yeah. It, I love it. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's really good. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rika and Icky uh, back at school are really mad that the mystery metafighter is the cause of all this. Uh, that he has not stepped out to defend his name and stop these assaults on children. Um, and we just, you know, conveniently hang on Zuru still being sick and having a big old bookie it's again. It's really uh, funny. <laughs> I love all of these shots yeah. that sort of linger on Zuru where everyone's just going on and on and on about how the mystery metafighter must be such a piece of shit. What a fucking worm. Yeah. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah. What a coward. What a goddamn rat. Fuck him. I'd skin him alive. The only thing that would be better. You need a tissue or something? (laughs) The only thing that would be better is if occasionally they would also insult Zuru, too. (laughs) He's a piece of... He's almost as bad as Zuru. Yeah. Yeah. Just throw a couple of those in there. Because... Yeah. Because I, I think finally, like, they're showing us that, hey, Iki and Zuru and Arika are actually friends with Zuru. He's not just hanging out with him like he did the first 20 episodes of the season. Right. He would just show up. He's like, oh, I, I guess he's here now. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kid must be lonely. That's fine. Like, especially next episode, we get, uh, I mean, next episode's fucking just a weird episode, but we give this much better, like, idea of their day-to-day lives. Uh-huh. And, yeah, like, Zuru is just one of their friends. He's just hanging around a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, so, on his way home from school, Zuru finally uh, manages to see one of these fights go down, decides to step in and steps uh, behind a corner where he changes into his ma- uh, mystery metafighter outfit where Nye conveniently pulls up at a truck and sees him in the middle of it's changing. very funny. Um, that's really just... Yeah. That's, that's storytelling to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zuru still steps into the fight, though, um, and Cam says that all he wants to know is just know his identity, uh, which... The mystery metafighter refuses to reveal, so he transports in uh, Dorcas and Tyrell Beetle. Okay, and I'm sorry. They, um, <laughs> he doesn't just yeah. refuse. He says, get used to being disappointed. Yes, I was going to ask if that was <laughs> he does. Point. I, I yeah. love that. He just, <laughs> he gets so, so spicy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the, like they're finally selling us on the mystery metafighter being cool by actually giving him cool lines to say. 
Right. No, there's yeah, and, actual and, shit and like cool here. actions too. Yeah. He's acting like a mystery meta fighter. He puts yeah. on a disguise and fights a guy and then leaves without yeah. revealing any information. That's that's what the old mystery meta fighter did. You know, the good one that we love. Yeah. The one that was also a phantom thief and from space. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, 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 Dorcas and Tyrell Beetle, uh, knock Blossomel over, uh, giving enough time for Black Ram to escape. Um, Black Beetle won't interfere. Uh, she's, she knows that, uh, Blossomel does not want anybody coming between it and its prey. So she's like, yeah, no, he doesn't want me in this fight. I'm just going to hang back. You know, I'm chilling. Um, and uh, once Blackram is and and the other kid have have uh, made their escape, Zuru and his metabots also kind of like dart down an alley, uh, escaping from Cam and Banjo. Where again he gets caught by uh, Nye, and uh, he just stuffs his whole ass cloak into his pants, uh, which I can't get over. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, very um, good. Yeah, so yeah, it's not just into his pants. Because I thought he just shoved it into his pants pocket the first time I watched the episode, but as I was reviewing them for yeah. this, he's got a fanny pack. There's a little fanny pack that he shoves it into. I had <laughs> I had to stop, go back, and check it again. There's a fanny pack, which he's this shoving is, his cloak as we know this this is the this is the highest ninja technology available to a Sasuke is a fanny pack that you can yeah. fit all manner of things yeah. in. I I mean. Everyone in Naruto has at least like three fanny packs, yeah. right? <laughs> they're they're loaded down on fannies. Yeah. <laughs> um so do you think his cloak is like super wrinkly all the time or is it a wrinkle resistant fabric? Oh, I think it looks what like shit. Yeah, it's, it's got a it, in my oh, personal yeah. read is it looks like shit. But I could be I could be wrong. I could be convinced otherwise. Um I think that if it's if it is a wrist uh, like a wrinkle resistant um, like fabric, it's a really shitty one like crushed velvet. Ooh, no. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> just, Ew. just the most like the cheapest <laughs> fabric you could get from from a, yeah, a fabric right. store. I don't just, like. I don't. The, he scraped God, what ima- he could just get imagining together. running around. Ugh. and he went down to the Michaels, Ew. and he got what he could. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm imagining you know. There's some, like, especially, like, plasticky materials that when they get folded up, they don't necessarily, like, retain heavy wrinkles. Yeah. But you'll get, like, those crisscross grooves that, like, still run through everything. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, these sort of impressions of things, as opposed to wrinkles. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's just a like, nylon sheet, and when he walks in, it just goes, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> It's Very it's one good. of those like aluminum like like heat blankets that you're supposed to put on like people who are like having like yeah. uh, fucking hypothermia right, or whatever. Right. Uh, <laughs> but that takes us back to being a space mystery men fighter. Yeah, uh, and there's no way his hat isn't completely fucked. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. What he needs is a bucket is... hat, maybe maybe a brighter color bucket hat or like something with stripes. <laughs> maybe like a green and white. You know? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um. And then. Yeah, and then change the cloak out for, uh, you know, like some kind of like pressed kimono like robe, um, maybe some hakama, uh, you know, with like a white like uh, uh, jacket that uh, I don't know, like a captain or a lieutenant would wear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I don't know why we're referencing bleach. I mean, I know we did talk about it like in the before we started recording, but uh, 
Oh, man. Uh. Um, this is also where Nye finally realizes where she recognizes Zuru from. Uh, he's the little boy that she used to know, and she calls him Little Zooey. Little <laughs> Zooey. It's very cute. Yeah. Um, this is also where we get Zuru's dark backstory. He reveals, as we've suspected all along, his father was the maker of Killabots, uh, and he abandoned his son and his wife uh, to work on Killabots, throwing himself into his work mm-hmm. to never be with his family ever again. Uh, and Nai tells him that he has to face his father without a mask on, but uh, Zuru simply walks I'm away. I'm not sure that I buy that. <laughs> I think you're a good kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess this does explain why uh, Zuru and Iki get along so mm-hmm. well. <laughs> <laughs> They were both kids of uh, very militaristic, like, neglectful fathers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we do know that even though, um, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Kenryo, he is a neoliberal war criminal. We do know this. It's established in in, in the Mm. setting. Uh, But he does, at least, he tries really hard to still be there for his son. He calls him every once in a while. You know, probably puts $10,000 in his bank account every every now and then. You know, really tries to make sure that he's there for for the big important row battles. Yeah, uh, yeah. He loves his son, but, like, he's just not there. Uh And, you know, he, he loves his wife more. So he'll call his wife. Yeah. Like every day. And then you're like, shit, I do have a kid. Right. Right. I just mostly get filled in on what's but, going uh, on with that guy when I talk to my wife. And then I sometimes forget that I have to like interact <laughs> with him like a person. Um, so here's a tin pet. <laughs> you know what? I, I guess I guess uh, him teaching his son just to go out on his own and just fight meta battles all the time is teaching him to grow up just like him. Right. Because that's what yeah. Mr. Tenryo does, right? Hey, yeah. commit war crimes with your walking gun, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> I guess that's what they can bond over. Mm-hmm. So, uh, later we find out Zero uh, has figured out a, a plan to, to end all of this. He is sending out a mass email revealing his identity, um, but has a secondary plan to negate that. Uh, he is basically going to tell everybody that he is the the, the mass benefactor, but then act like uh, he isn't and pre-program an attack routine for both of his metabots to take Blossomail out with, so that he won't even have a meta watch with him, won't be able to give any kind of uh, uh, commands, and uh, everybody will have to believe that he's not the the mystery meta fighter, and it'll simply be just a uh, you know. Um, a continuing mystery. I don't understand why he thinks that this is going to make Cam stop looking for the mystery metafighters like uh, um, identity, yeah. but I guess the plan does kind of work out no, in the it end. Does. And like I, <laughs> I gotta respect him for the plan. Like I, I, yeah, it's a good plan. I think it works <laughs> in that sense of like it's a bunch of children trying to outmaneuver each other. So sure, I'll take yeah. it. And it feels like he's working like, <laughs> you know, he's he's a working at a I'm just gonna say that straight so it sounds like I'm getting a whole thought out for the edit it really <laughs> feels like he's operating at a level a few grade levels above his peers at this point yeah mm-hmm. it's like he's not playing five dimensional chess but two dimensional chess is actually like pretty good for a ten year old exactly <laughs> I mean look at his classmates yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> like like Iggy's losing at checkers over here while he's playing just chess. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um so I think I think 
uh, what Zuru's he, the folly he's making here is he believes Cam's going to stick to his word of, hey, as long as someone confesses to being the mystery metafighter, we'll stop attacking people. Right. Because, well, even a false confession, he'll stick to his word, which is not binding. No, no. <laughs> yeah. It's not, a it's not Cam like we're Cam's. Talking about. Uh, it's not like Cam's also been. A, well, I guess the last time Cam. Like, made a promise and then broke it. Zuru had left the subway when Cameron had thrown Metabi onto the tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> so, so, my. So, I guess he hasn't seen him break a promise yet. My <laughs> assumption has to be, and I feel like this is slightly supported by what happens later in the episode. And again, this is me making a read that tries to hold things together, as opposed to this is a read that I genuinely need to be uh, correct. This is me trying to be generous, you know, to metabots. And that is that Zuru has figured out that they believe that the mystery metafighter is operating in this area slash out of this school. And so he's trying to stage a situation where he gets all of the potential metafighters from the school into that one location during this confrontation and then tries to prove that not only he isn't the mystery metafighter, but none of these children could possibly be because they've all been vetted. Yeah. Uh, it does, it does turn out to kind of like work out to be because he's gotten the whole school's kind of like attention to it, that, that he does kind of absolve any, like any possible person to stop these kind of random attacks that they're doing. Which, again, doesn't necessarily do anything to stop them from, like, expanding their dragnet or whatever, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, the important thing is the place they've decided to meet up at is the Metabot Graveyard. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we get to return to this setting. Uh, <laughs> it just looks so Yeah, um, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, but it is also really fucked up. Yeah. Because, uh, again, man. there is no guarantee that these metabot parts that we find in these garbage heaps aren't alive still. <laughs> this is true. Right, that's true. Like, there's no guarantee. If if a corporation messed up once, you know that they just got caught that oh, one yeah. time. They're oh, still yeah. doing the yeah. bad stuff all the time. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> no way that they are checking all those bots. Yeah. I guess uh, in order to believe maybe the world isn't as terrible as we can, it is you know, a, a decent assumption that Nye went through and checked all these dead bodies now. I mean, that seems like a in character for Nye. Mm-hmm. I'll just well, throw that out there. We'll just uh, believe as that. As we're going to find out. Uh, I don't know. She she might have some other things in her hands. She might mm-hmm. have the time for it. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, Banjo is here and he's ready to beat the crap out of uh, uh, Zuru, regardless of whether or not he's the mystery metafighter. Uh, we see Zuru start to ask, uh, activate Sasuke mode for a second before then turning back into a sniffly, sneezing mess yeah, and, uh, it's really good. you know, feigning, uh, uh, being an idiot. And this is when Dorcas and Tyrell Beetle appear in the sunset. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's time for the Dorcas Tyrell tag team. Uh, it's good. They, they just start beating the crap out of, uh, Blossom Ale and get them all kind of like tied up, uh, with, um, uh, a line around a crane. Uh, but then Blossom Ale manages to break free and, uh, Zuru can't, uh, you know, uh, uh, does not have a metal watch with him, can't reveal himself to, to give them, uh, any, uh, commands. And this is when they get their crap kicked in and, you know, uh, he just has to watch as uh, his his uh, 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 you know metabots get get beaten up in their 
their medals get uh, get launched out. And this is when Cam says he will destroy the medals if the mystery meta fighter does not reveal himself. God, yeah, uh, this was only... such this was such a good fight. It was so brutal. Mm-hmm. First of all, yeah. a grappling knife is always cool. Yeah, yeah. Second of all, like so, uh, um, it's especially in the first series, but like even in this one, like the um the theatricality of like these fights are like always the most impressive thing mm-hmm. and when like we we lose those backflips and like the spin arounds and all the the goofy shit like and it devolves into just hey time up i'm just going to keep hitting him until he breaks like yeah <laughs> that that always means yeah. a lot and that's what was happening right. here um i i got once say. again zuru like oh we're learning more about we're learning more about zuru but like and, and yeah, he's kind of friends with his metabots now, but like he's still not a good guy. He still just <laughs> wants things to die for daddy yeah. issues, right? And right. it's yeah, it's it's real good. And I really love. Again, I gotta give metabots a lot of credit for this. Them deciding that what they're going to do is they're going to condense all of the fighting for an episode into as short a period as possible. Really lets them do some fun, punchy stuff with it. Because, like, that fight was really well choreographed and executed, and then it it takes the turn, and it's very compelling. And I feel like they were able to pull some of that off because they didn't waste time making it, like, a long, drag-out scenario. It was great. Um, I, this entire episode's been really fun. These fights have been great. I'm so happy where Damashi is now. And, like... It's gotten to the point where I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen next, which is great. Yeah. Like, uh, when um, uh, they pointed the gun at the medals, and like, oh, I'm going to shoot him. Like, I generally don't know if Zero's going to do anything or not. I I can't predict Metabots anymore. Wow. Wild. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's it's wild. Like, you know, and then when kind of we do see this cloaked figure appear on the horizon uh cam can't figure out who it uh who it is and uh banjo is like well i won the meta fight that's all you wanted me to do uh i the blossom ale is my metabot now see you later chumps i'm leaving uh and that's when everything just kind of falls apart with cam's plan and we find out that it was honey honey in disguise N- yes. uh, Nye kind of like also steps in Saying like, "Oh, the mystery meta fighter asked me to fix these metabots. I guess I'll do that." Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, and it's just, yeah, uh, it's, it's good. Really good because, again, I really love what they did with Banjo, where he's just like, "No, I did my job. Bye. I'm, I'm leaving. I have my yeah. cool <laughs> nerder bot, and I'm just gonna go. Yeah, do my thing now. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to be y'all, but I have a giant demonic lion now. <laughs> We're gonna hang out at the arcade and watch a Captain Falcons yeah. punch each other. Yeah. Um, this is where Icky rushes up to tell Zuru he's so cool for like risking himself to kind of like you know uh, take the hit, which is untrue. Zuru is not no, cool. No, uh, absolutely not. not. Uh, uh, he's this getting is where Zuru... there though. He's yeah. getting there, which is wild. Um, he does sneeze all over Icky's mm-hmm. face, which is a thing that I have accidentally done before. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Never hang out with Colin. That is good enough. Yeah. This was, this was at the height of my allergy problems mm-hmm. in middle school and, uh, like had just, it was in the middle of spring. Uh, I was even, I was on medication and still sneezing constantly. Um, uh, did not like, you know, manage to like 
run out of tissues to bring with me. Uh, and then just in the middle of a, like uh, a big event in our auditorium, just sneezed and just covered like the entire right side of my body and the entire left side of the kid sitting next to me in snot. Oh, no. It was awful. Whoa. <laughs> All right. That, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and then the, the, the kid proceeded to just yell, oh my God, Colin, you snotted all over me. <laughs> Which is true. You <laughs> Fair. Cause that is. You snotted all over them. <laughs> I did. I did snot all over them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's horrifying. Yeah, no, it was awful. Uh, but, but I bet you didn't have to uh, blow your nose for a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, you know, I was fine for a couple of minutes. Um, uh. <laughs> Gross. See, I was just gonna say, yeah, like, a- as a as a father, as a daddy, uh, <laughs> you get sneezed in the mouth like quite a lot, like yeah. as they're growing up. So like, this is like gross, but it's like, yeah, all right, I'm used to it. But uh, I've never had uh, like two gallons of mucus erupt onto my body like that. So yeah, oh, God, man. that would give me a complex. Yeah. So so you moved to, like, three different schools and changed your name since then, right? Definitely. No, I definitely stayed in that same school system. Uh, that kid bullied me for not believing in God. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, oh no. Uh, but there's... Le- <laughs> yeah. But they had legitimate reasons to bully you. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, like, the, the kid had legitimate reasons to be upset with me. And the one he chose was, I did not go to the Baptist church that he went to. <laughs> He could have called you a booger boy or a snot monster, like anything, yeah. forever. There's any number yeah. of names. Any number of names, yeah. but you're um, not Baptist enough. Yeah. Uh, I will say, uh, at the end of this episode, uh, as much as we've had to deal with uh, different dubbing studios and, and a revolving uh, door of voice actors, we are reminded we are in the great land of the North as we hear Zero say, I'm sorry. As as Icky proceeds to chase him around and try and beat him mm-hmm. up. <laughs> yep. Uh, nice closing line, which is, um, "Hey, you got daddy issues. You should work on that." But we're friends, sorta. Yeah. Like th- that's real good. Mm-hmm. I I loved it. Um, yeah. As in, uh, we close out with Medibi saying, "Will he ever learn to cover his mouth when he sneezes?" He does. He, like he asks. Yeah. The dunk on this question. kid. Yeah. I mean, this is why I eventually became a person who carried a handkerchief with me at all mm-hmm. times. Uh, so I, yeah, you know, it's important. You have to, you have to be sanitary. You have to, you have to cover up your, your, um, your excretions, especially in this age of COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You, you um, probably wouldn't have gotten before, out of that sneeze situation quite in the same way if that had happened as a child in 2021. Yeah. Well, as if, if you know, as a, if I was a child in 2021, I would be wearing my mask and I it would simply catch all of it. It would be That's perfect. True. It would be nasty and I would I would die on the spot, but you know, uh <laughs> at least I wouldn't be infecting somebody else. Right. You uh, would get out of that without snotting on Oh no. Yeah. Oh my, I can't I'm ima- just oh, imagining God, I, having that mask and just sneezing a gallon of snot into the mask. And just Oh my god. I yeah, can't imagine I, a worse I nightmare. Have, I have endless sympathy for children yeah. with pollen allergies uh, over the past two years. It had to have been fucking awful. Uh, 
Oh, man. Oh, God. Um, well, I don't know. I guess also the mask, uh, you know, a thing that I did notice, the mask does help keep pollen out of your system. That that has been nice yeah. when it's been in, like, full tilt, like, oak season here. All right. Well, I think it's time for us to learn the truth about Charlie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is a weird and fun episode. Like, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it'd be as enjoyable if Charlie had a different voice. Though. Charlie does a lot to sell this episode. I, uh, I really, I, I mean, I wish that we had subs for this episode in particular. Uh, yeah, because this is such a weird episode with no plot. Um, that just. I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like the Japanese version of this episode is absolutely fucking mm-hmm. buck wild. Uh, <laughs> um, and would like to know what, uh, how Charlie sounds in in the original Japanese because I'm sure it is not a Kermit the no, Frog impression. Uh, <laughs> but what if it was though? What if it was though? <laughs> oh man, uh, we listen. I know from experience, uh, old Japanese salarymen love two things. David Bowie and Kermit mm-hmm. the Frog. <laughs> now I'm just imagining what if Kermit the Frog did a David Bowie impression. Wow, that'd be rad. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there's a Kermit the Frog, David Bowie a God, bit the, at some point. Uh, I haven't seen one. Yeah, um, I'm sure there's. I I am, I don't know if I've I've seen it or if simply the image is so easy to conjure. But yeah. I can. I'm pretty sure I've seen Kermit the Frog dressed up as David Bowie in Labyrinth. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I can just picture uh, him dressed as, you know, a spaceman. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. good. Um, yeah. Miss Nye calls Honey Hun. Yeah, it's, it's very, very cute. And and Honey is preparing uh, coffee or milk tea or something for Nye uh, as she gets off the phone uh, making an appointment for the next day. Uh, it's something really important, something she's been, uh, you know, preparing for for a while now. Uh, what could it possibly be? <laughs> yeah, um, I... This is just so cute. I, I love when we get to see Nye and Honey interacting. Because for some reason, we don't. And if Honey is supposed to be Nye's best friend, it, it's weird that she doesn't have more speaking roles, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is also just a thing that is so nice about Metabots compared to, like, any other similar show. Is because it's so central to this one setting of, of this town uh, that, like, we get, you know, they're... Not always as often as I would like them to be, but we get these nice little scenes of domesticity, like, pretty frequently, that you don't see in Pokemon or Digimon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or really, like, any other show like this, because it's it's so much about, like, going on some great adventure that you're, like, traveling to new locations, or you're in, like a very formalized, like, school setting or something where, you know, uh, it's pretty rare that you see a place as lived in as the Tenryo household or mm-hmm. Nye's weird mechanic shop mm-hmm. apartment. Uh, that it's just, it's nice yeah, to see no, stuff is, like this. It's nice <laughs> to see, you know, the spaces being lived in and uh, with signs of, of occupation in the set design as well. This one <laughs> is like, I I'm really charmed by so much of the stuff that this episode does. In a lot of ways, and it doesn't help that it has one of my favorite sort of, like, BS filler-type plots, which is, like, just the subversion of the normal flow of of things, of, uh-oh, there's a bad guy, what's gonna happen? And then wait until you see what happens with this bad guy. Yeah. It's not what you expect. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, speaking of which... 
uh, we cut over to uh, Icky, who is practicing about to beg his mom for money for Meta Parts because apparently he has spent all of his money on uh, candy and soda. And also, is it just me? Do we have another new voice actor for Icky in this episode? Like, it just feels drastically different again for some reason. <laughs> it feels a little different, but that could just be in combination with Charlie being around, that yeah. all the voices just it, sound When somebody's off. walking around and talking like this, it tends to uh, <laughs> distort your perceptions of what a normal voice might sound like. Yeah, mm, mm, yeah. Uh, Icky, we know it's Icky's fault for spending all of his money on candy, uh, and he gets into a fight with his best friend Metabee, and uh, Metabee makes fun of his hair, and then Icky calls him bald. <laughs> it is uh, the the first cute thing that happens in this argument is um, yeah. Metabee tries to ask for money, and then imagines her disappointment, even if the disappointment is at Icky, and Metabee's caught in the crossfire. It just breaks. I love him. that so yeah. much. <laughs> Metabee loves his mom. Yeah, yeah. and it, it really does speak to uh, how good of a mom Mrs. Tenrio is. Like, uh, I I know we we might give her a little side eye for for her uh, swinging prevocations, but like uh, you know, uh, over the, Actually, the course I, of all three seasons, uh, yeah, like over the course of all three seasons of the show, she is only been a great parental figure in, in these two boys' lives. <laughs> I don't give her side-eye for her swinging. I give her side-eye for marrying a war criminal. Yeah, that, that's really... <laughs> I want to get that clear. That's really the sort of sticking point at issue for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um... Listen, she does have a type she did to go after Victor, too. Uh, <laughs> look, I... If your type is a war criminal, I guess that kind of makes you a Gundam character right off the bat, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, probably, yeah. Like, her first crush as a girl was watching Char on screen. That's That's got to mm-hmm. be a given. Uh, well, what's interesting, though, is that um, Char is by far, like, on the low end of of war criminal in Mobile Suit Gundam. Like, this is true. Uh, definitely the lightest of war criminals in that like, show. Amuro hey, Ray is hey, wait a arguably minute. much worse. <laughs> How old do you think Miss Tenryo is? I would say like um, early thirties, right? Yeah, yeah. And given that we know that the show takes place in twenty twenty, uh, that means uh, that twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um. Uh. So, oh God, Miss like, uh, Tenryo is as old as we are. She grew up yeah. watching the same cartoons. Yeah, well, I mean, well, Mitch, famously, uh, the first the first three Gundams that I watched were. Uh, Stardust memory, War in the Pocket, and Char's counterattack. So yes, she could have been yeah. introduced to Star at uh, blah, 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 blah. she could have been introduced to uh, Char at his most war criminal. That is true. That is that's pretty <laughs> yeah. much the peak there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, All right. Huh. Oh man. Uh, um. He uh, Metabee does yell and say, uh, "Your excuses are as cheap as your haircut," yeah. which uh, is a uh, very good line. Um, real quick before we move on with the rest of this episode, I do want to know what Mrs. Tenrio's Gundam wing ships I was were. thinking about that, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is where uh, a salary man with a funny voice comes hobbling along to ask them for a favor. Um, and uh, we find out that the truth about Charlie is that he contains Kermit the Frog within himself. Uh, he has he has just the weirdest voice you could possibly assign a voice actor. Um and uh, he asked for a row battle under the guidelines of the row battle rulebook, 
which is are never mentioned again over the course of, of course. this episode. He goes the rule battle rule book, of course. Yeah. <laughs> which which led me to believe, like normally he doesn't like doing it. Like this is an act he's putting upon. Yeah. That was my first. Um, oh, this guy's a villain. Uh, which Quinn, I know, uh, in in kind of like our talks running up into this, you've mentioned that uh, you think that the robot rulebook is perhaps different from uh, the Metabot Metafight corp- uh, like corporate guideline well, rule they just, or whatever. There's <laughs> there's different rules or the different the, the phraseology is different enough. And Mister Referee's not there. Mister Referee exists to enforce <laughs> the World Metabot Federation's rules. He's never talked about a row battle rulebook as far as I can remember. So I assume that a row battle rulebook is a separate thing, either by, like, a competing, uh, like, organization, or, potentially, by people who are seeing the Metabots craze happen and who are writing these these guides to trick children into buying their, their rulebooks... <laughs> Uh, yeah, purely as a way of it's like Beckett's Pokemon Guide. Yes, but exactly, exactly. For it's all about separating the yeah. children from their parents is money, and the, those rule books. I mean, they. I'm assuming that for most of season two, this is the sort of rule set we've been working within, and the first fight we see in in Damashi is initiated and started by I'm going to throw a rock in the air and when it hits the ground we start like that doesn't seem official <laughs> definitely uh and and to that point um you know this is a, a thing that I guess we're left as a mystery for most of this episode but the minute that they agree to row battle this man uh he transports in a a kilobot called uh Triceratops uh, and just immediately uh, goes into this battle, um, which also, like, you know, is kind of like the surprise move that we're expecting from a Kilobots uh, rogue meta, meta battler. Uh, but also, he immediately chumps out and loses, uh, coin flies out, and um, Metabee and Icky immediately think this is some kind of setup and run away before he can say anything else to them. As the kind of, like, classic... Uh, uh, if, as fans of Yakuza games know, uh, the classic setup of bumping into somebody and then threatening to beat them up if they don't pay for your $1,000 hospital bill that you're clearly going to need. Right. No, this this <laughs> definitely feels like they have a social awareness and a sense for when they're being scammed that uh, Kazuma Kiryu could never muster up. <laughs> uh and so yeah, he's just like all sprawled out on the ground, and they're like, "Okay, we gotta get out of here because things are about to go poorly. Things are about to go really bad." Yeah, the guy's vibes are off. <laughs> yeah, this is just strange. Also, like the minute he like transports in his his kilobot, he just gets like the most deranged look on his face. Uh, yeah, which it, is all it, already like a fun, cool, weird face mm-hmm. design, but then he just like this this like angry passion takes it over. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Charlie is one of my favorite characters now. <laughs> yeah. Like, throughout this episode, like, it's only hit after hit after no, hit with yeah, this guy. He, he's got a great voice. He's got a fun design. He's got a big mole on his forehead. He's got cool... Yeah. He's got cool <laughs> metabots. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in their escape, Icky and Metabee show up at Nye's place. 
uh, to see that she has a uh, closed closing for the season sign in front of her uh, her shop, and they are so forlorn about this. Um, and are so upset that she's decided to take an intern uh, internship position at one of the top Metabots researchers for the summer. Um, and also, we find out that Nye was maybe in school this whole time, and so she's like trying to fill her like summer break uh, with like a, a summer job, which is okay. very strange to me. Like the fact that Nye has been in school and also operating a Metabot clinic, and. and yeah. uh, I have so many yeah. Like, what kind of school uh, is it? Is it a high school or is it college? I, I, it, has I be, feel, it has to be college. I would assume college is. Yeah, well. I feel it would have to be college. Okay. Yeah. Because she was in high school and the flashback That's was true. Zuru with her little yeah. Zooey. Yeah. yeah. And and they have grown height wise since then, both of them. So I assume. Right. Yeah. And it couldn't have been more than like four years or so because Zuru could talk. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Also, like you know, uh. uh even the like, I say this with all of my knowledge of the Japanese school system coming from watching anime. Uh, but there is a like, you know, this is also an anime depicting school. Like, college usually is depicted as a lot more kind of like open and freeform than like how rigorous like high like high school and 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 primary yeah. schooling is. Uh, so it kind of feels more in line that yes, she could be attending college classes. And also operating a a, a fucking mechanic shop you at know, the same you time. You pass those college entrance uh, exams. <laughs> you enter college and you start freewheeling around. You yeah. buy an old truck. You set up yeah. by the riverbed. Yeah, uh, it's your rose-colored college life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, and don't forget, Nye is also a genius. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure, yeah. like some of the basic introductory shit they have to go through just for blah blah blah. She's nailing without it breaking a oh, sweat. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it depends on yeah. And she's just waiting for those cool robotic classes now. I I'm sure it, it also depends on where she is in her college trajectory, because, yeah, sometimes you go to college, and the, the first couple years, they're just sort of, like, putting you through very basic paces. Just collecting that yeah. money. Or, especially because she's, you know, she's operating her own business, like, uh, you know, uh, when, when I went to school, I took a very traditional, like, I was a full-time student uh like track but like i had i had tons of of classmates uh especially because they were they were in the art program who they they worked full-time and were part-time students and so like yeah they were on a they were on like a six or an eight year like plan to get their degree and maybe only taking like a couple of classes a week kind of thing so i think it definitely the, like you know all of this checks out and makes sense and, you know, uh, the internship internships are frequently set up to just happen over summer as, like, a summer job kind of thing. And so, like, yeah, I, I guess it does make sense that, like, uh, she is, like, taking this time to enter into a more, like, like rigid, like, scheduled kind of thing as opposed to this, well, I'll take some classes, I'll run around with my truck and make some extra money fixing kids' metabots and teaching them about friendship and whatever. Uh, <laughs> the, uh... The thing I want to draw attention to is I was wrong uh, just a few minutes ago with uh, Miss Tenryu because I think this is 2022 because it was 2021 when we were in sep uh, September a couple episodes ago and now it's summer. Okay, yeah. So we'd have to be oh, yeah. 2022, right? I mean, we missed Christmas. <laughs> We've missed quite a bit. <laughs> we went from, from September to October to now it's summer. Well, as as we've said several times, uh, the way that they restructured the the first season of Metabots is like absolutely fucked to understand what the time scale of that show is. <laughs> yeah, I 
we're, we don't even have like the excuse of like, well, we're missing 30 episodes right now. Yeah. Um, they no, made yeah, it like this. popping around. <laughs> yeah. Which also really uh, accentuates but, the way that uh, this episode and it feels like filler. And to me, it feels like good filler, to be clear. Like, I, I enjoy everything that they're doing in this episode. It doesn't feel like needless padding, but it also feels like it exists in, like, this vaguely, dubiously canonical space. Or, like, they're they're mm-hmm. trading yeah. on the sort of, like, pacing and, and aesthetic of filler, almost. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, the way, especially, like, the, the, the mystery of this episode is so, like, structured around the idea of you are expecting a certain kind of shonen plot out of this show, and we are doing everything to pace it and structure it in a way that is playing Which, against that. Uh, that you were, which yeah. is also the plot of my favorite episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Let's go eat some Italian food. <laughs> that does sound like it'd be a good adventure. Yeah, it's yeah. the one I show people. <laughs> I could eat some Italian food. Uh, or like, yeah. oh, am I gonna like JoJo? Um, I'm like, well, if, if you can watch this episode, and if you think that's weird, <laughs> I hate it, then don't watch it. And if you think that's weird, that's kind of cool, then you should keep going. Uh. <laughs> But yeah, it's I I love uh, this structure. speaking speaking of weird things. Yeah. Uh speaking of how weird this episode is going to get. Uh we do get a taste for what the rest of this episode is like when uh Iki and Meta B don't uh, uh, like start going on this tangent of doing this goof about uh how a magician has clearly like in like put some kind of spell on Nye to make her want to go get a job instead of playing with them all summer and we get like Nye's image of a magician metabot in her head. Yes, it, they are <laughs> it's very, just very strange. They're so, um, <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, I think what happened here. I don't have the sub, but I think they said that uh, clearly some villain has put her up to this because that's the villain. <laughs> we who remember does also look like a street magician who as we yeah. know all street magicians yeah, are evil <laughs> oh, that, yeah very true like no one's debating but no um th- that is definitely the villain so i assume they said the word villain and she just uh adhd'd her way into thinking about a villain I mean, metabot. that's a mood yeah for sure <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah, you know, uh, Iki and Medivy are just listing all the fun activities that she can't do, like uh, frog hopping tackles and what have you. Um, and she's like, well, it could, I mean, I could still hang out with you on the on the the weekends. And they're like, oh, but the weekdays are so much better. And they just can't accept that she's going to take this job. And uh, they run off crying, which is when they run past Arika and Zuru, who are showing up because Nai had a, 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 a surprise to tell them. And they're happy to celebrate it with her. Uh, which is much better than what Iki and Metabi's reaction was. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I Iki and Metabi again are just so cute this episode. Like they're working together. <laughs> All their sentences are conjoined somehow. They're just being huge idiot goofs and I'm I'm here it's really for it. It's good, but also they are taking this <laughs> as a death. This is a death to them. They are in mourning. Nai is no longer a person. Nai is a memory. Yeah. It's good. This is, I think, like, one of the things that makes this such a strange, like, fucking episode is, like, how weirdly heightened the idea of getting a job is. 
even just for the summer. Like it just completely like it is like literally like this person is going to get a job. They will be dead to us. They will never speak to us ever again. Like they will simply like go well, off into the adult world and we will never know well, of their existence. They dude, might as well have that never just ties existed. Into Colin, your ongoing like, Colin, thread that this no. is a, a libertarian hellscape. Like <laughs> no, 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 no. Go on. I'll prove you wrong. No, Don't worry. I, Go on. That just that sort of seems like the thing is she's foreclosing on her life at this point because she's now being put into an employment situation where, sure, nominally she has the power to make any choice that she might like. She can exercise her power and refuse to work. But what's that going to mean? She's going to go hungry. She's going to die on the streets. I, I think you guys are forgetting who is saying this. This is coming from Icky. Icky only knows one person in his life who has a job. Oh. It's his dad who's never there for him. Right. <laughs> Arika and Zuru, both of their parents work. Right. That makes sense. That actually makes a lot of sense. Like, in the psychology <laughs> yeah. of a child. Icky's freaking out because he only knows. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's the whole thing is he's like, oh, my dad's never home. My dad's a war criminal. She's going to join the workforce get a job and become a war criminal i don't want that <laughs> that's gotta be and also you gotta remember i mean kids these days just don't yeah, want no, work they don't yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah they hate working hate the idea of working what could possibly wrong be wrong with the american workforce uh, <sighs> uh we uh we do cut over to icky's coping mechanism which is eating hundreds of otter pops mm-hmm. like one after the other just fucking slamming some ice tubes back. Uh, <laughs> just getting lost in that frozen sauce. Uh, uh, Arika and, tells him to slow uh, yeah. down. He'll get brain freeze. And he goes, I know the risks. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. one. <laughs> uh, and then he gets he gets even more upset because he sees Nye is driving around like, you know, letting all the kids know that she was like servicing for like meta robot repairs that she's going to be gone for a little while and everybody else seems to be taking it fine and that just makes him more upset uh and then we cut to maybe the greatest thing of all time uh we see that meta b is out here driving oh my God. I, yeah i took a screen cap of this because it's just too much <laughs> it's too much he's singing god it's he's so got good glasses on he's got yeah. like a, ha- a neckerchief <laughs> And he's singing Camp Town Races. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, and he's just cruising in reckless mode. Uh, I think this one is... of my, my favorite, like, re- returning bits from Metabots is how often Metabi narrates his own life and then does it with singing. Yeah. Like, he does it every couple episodes. He just starts singing about what he's doing and then fucks I mean, up yeah. at the yeah. end. Like, almost every time. <laughs> That's ADHD representation. And Damashi, every time he does it, he crashes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I just love how there's no context to why he is doing this either, which just makes me think that like they're like they're trying to get Nye's attention to to show how much fun they're having so that she won't take this job, but it's never commented on where he got this glass, where he got these glasses, why he put this bandana on. He's just you know he's just out here. He's doing his thing. <laughs> uh, the end of the song is. Um... I can't slow down for hairpin turns, and that's all I have to say. Crash. <laughs> yeah. And it collides into a bunch of boxes. Uh, it's so good. God. Um, hmm. This Metabots is where Nye comes over. Yeah. Uh, Nye comes over and says, oh, you need to be more careful. You're going to hurt yourself. 
uh, you clearly need more supervision. Um, and uh, I got, I got on, um, I went on a mental tangent here because uh, Medivy says that, oh, you think I need supervision? And then runs off saying he knows exactly what that means, which I thought we were going to go on a fucking, like, you know, Western comic Superman tangent. But no, yeah. that is not where we're going. <laughs> I thought we were going to go for, like, X-ray specs and they're going to be weird. Yeah. But no. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is icky and Medivy. This is true. Um, they are little creeps, especially yeah. when it comes to Nye. Yeah. Uh, but this is when we run into Sam and the Screws, who are bored, and uh, Icky and Metabi run past as they're they're continuing to talk about things, and they decide that they're going to follow them. Uh, and this is when we find out what B thinks that uh, Nye meant when she said that he needs supervision. He thinks that she means he needs a supervisor, because he needs to get a job. <laughs> Kids these days don't want to work. Said it before. He doesn't. He doesn't want a job. Yeah. Uh, so Sam shows up. They challenge them to a row battle. Transfers in. Um. Uh. A. A. You know. A, a pepper, pepper cat. cat. And they're like, "Yeah, we're bored. We're gonna fight you. Like, get ready." Um. And uh, we see Charlie chump it out to some kids again, and they, you know, excitedly run away. Then we come back, and Icky and Nedeby are literally—they're just asleep on the ground, uh, and refusing to fight. Um. And this is maybe the weirdest scene in this entire episode. It might be my favorite. <laughs> I kind of love what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, this I almost feels like it's Sam. being directed. Yeah. It almost feels like it's being directed by David Lynch because this is the weirdest back and forth <laughs> between like Sam and the screws being totally normal and just Icky and Metabee just behaving in the wildest way possible. Like I do not understand what's happening in this scene. <laughs> Depression's Depression hits people hard sometimes. Yeah, Hideaki Anno's yeah. Also, it... <laughs> <laughs> it felt it felt a little flirty from Sam there at the end. Like the banter is what got her going. She's like, "Oh wait, wait, I can't have a crush on Icky. I need to leave." Because yeah. <laughs> everyone else she always banter's with are people that she has crushes mm. on. That's true, and are usually um, super rich and attractive. Right. So yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, the big thing is that Sloane thinks that, uh, uh, that Sam has scared them to death with her face, and that's why they, they won't, they, they can't fight. But, uh, no, it just seems like Icky is just completely fucking out of it, uh, and they keep staring at each other, and, uh, Sam and the Screws get scared and run off. Like, this is just, like, I don't know how to describe this scene other than just, like, please go watch this episode. Right. <laughs> they get kind of creeped because out. Sam is trying to escalate. She's like... She's trying to bully Icky, and he's being, like, not very receptive, or he's being excessively receptive. Like, he's not he's not reacting the way that he is supposed to. And it yeah. throws her so completely off that it's like she's seen a ghost. Yeah. That's very good. And again, like, the screws are so well animated here, because like, they're always, like, really snappy in their movements. At least they were. Right. And dama she you know blah 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 but like she's just popping and locking with every sentence she says just some different dynamic yes. pose and it's yeah. wonderful and the boys are like in sync moving like to different poses reacting to her poses like we have the screws yeah. back it feels good yeah it took and especially yeah 24 every episodes fucking <laughs> face that she makes every time like she has a different face every line read and they're just some of the most expressive things that we've seen in the show in forever it's just so good <laughs> like we're getting to the point where like damashi's art is better than the original metabots like at a lot of times 
And it's the end point where it's very consistent, because at least last time around, it was inconsistent. Good, but inconsistent. They kept switching artists and art styles here and there, which is great, but, like, like it's gotten so much tighter now. And now that the animation's actually caught up to everything, like, I'm I'm getting really impressed by what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, the screws get scared and run away, where they run into Charlie, and uh, then we cut over to... Uh, Rika and Brass, uh, who are telling Nye about how they, you know, they're worried because they think that, because because Icky clearly thinks that Nye's summer job is going to end their friendship, uh, which is when we get kind of like Nye's reasoning of why she's taking this job. She loves doing all this work. She's always loved playing with electronics and, and mechanics and that kind of stuff. And this internship is one more stepping stone towards her actual dream and goal, which is starting her own robotics company. Um and uh, it's this is how Arika and Ress find out the place where she'll actually be working too, mm-hmm. um, which is good. This is a fun little setup. We're gonna keep coming back to this. Uh, it's good to see Arika have a character yeah. again in the scene and in mm-hmm. future scenes. <laughs> it's uh, so uh, Knight was fiddling with parts inside of this arm gun, and like it looks like how when we were really excited to see what was inside of a Metabot, like it's a bunch of little tools. It's a bunch of little, like, boxes and motors and stuff. Yeah. And, like, these girls are really pushing for each other. And I'm loving it. I'm loving every minute of this. It's just a good episode. And and Nye having her own robotics thing, um, I mean, she will be getting a lot of help from her very rich grandfather who owns his own robotics company. So, like, (laughs) I mean, she's not really breaking the monopoly here. But, you know... (laughs) But she does seem to want to as much as she can Maybe. strike out on her own terms. But again, that is yeah. that is sort of limited in what it can mean when you exist mm-hmm. in the yeah. position of legacy that she does. Yeah. Now knowing that she is the granddaughter of, of Dr. Aki. Mr. Metabots uh, himself, yeah. Certainly you would think, yeah. Yeah, uh, you would think that any door she would want would open to her, uh, and maybe that's why she's very purposeful about about where she's selecting to go. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely feels like uh, once we get towards uh, what Charlie's secret actually is, that she's vetting Charlie just as much as Charlie mm-hmm. is vetting her, uh, which is definitely fun and interesting. But we, we will get there when we get there. In the meantime, uh, we cut over to the screws just effortlessly defeating Charlie mm-hmm. as the sun sets. Uh, and they, again, get incredibly freaked out about this. Uh, at how easy it was, and run away shouting, don't trust anyone over the age of 30. <laughs> I mean, they're right. I The screws are back, baby. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, this this does mean uh, any anything I say on this podcast, you should not trust. I'm very sorry to say it, uh, but sadly I am uh, 32. As of yesterday? So, uh, yeah. Untrustworthy. As of yesterday, I've got two more years left, so. You, listen. It, you get, make them make them count, make them last. Unless, because <laughs> unless you're saying that because you're over thirty and we oh, can't trust you. Oh, that could be true. I could be just <laughs> a lying adult, another lying yeah. adult. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is when we uh, uh we cut over. We see the um uh, uh the 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 picture uh this whole time, and it turns out that Nye's future boss is in fact Charlie. Uh this is this is the secret. The secret that Charlie has been hiding this whole time is he is apparently uh, some kind of Metabots researcher. <laughs> I don't know if he's hiding it or if everyone just runs away I before you can tell him what's, what's going happening. on. His vibes <laughs> this are is so true. weird. 
that by the yeah. time he tries to tell him, oh, you know, I'm just I'm trying to run a little experiment here with this uh, kilobot. They're gone. They're gone. It's over. <laughs> yeah. You know what, though? What if he you, said that, they'd, they'd still run away. Like, that's still yeah. creepy as hell to say to yeah. a child. Mm, yeah, you would you would want to stay and hang around a guy who talks like this? Like just, you know, old, it's a good time to have. It's just experiencing time. But, you know, this old man who's just kind of bumbling with his kilobot and, and sounds like he has golf balls in his mouth? Like, no, yeah, I would run the fuck away. <laughs> I mean, I would hang out with him, but, like... <laughs> I make listen, very poor decisions with my life. Listen, uh, I I need a high pitched girl boss to show up in fucking head to toe Gucci to start talking about uh, about her her little Charlie uh, for me to be convinced that this man is safe to be around. <laughs> I need a Miss Piggy to show up. <laughs> God. What if, what if over time we see the mispigification of Nye? <laughs> you know, we do see her. She has a fit she later does. in the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how it starts. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of how much of a girl boss Nye is, uh, we cut to Arika in the park with Zuru. And, you know, Arika is talking about how inspired she is by Nye, how ambitious Nye is, and how Arika needs to be setting better goals, you know? Everyone has here. a crush on Nye. I need to be working yeah. on. Like, my you know, she's plan. been out. I need to be working on my <laughs> one year sub plan, and I need to be working on my 10 year meta plan. Yeah. Uh, what uh, Arika says she shouldn't be doing is focusing on things like secret gardens, because those are useless to you, which does make it seem like we have a new writing crew. Like, you know, the the original Metabots writers came back from vacation or was like, you were doing what this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I sure would feel bad for whoever wrote about something like that, about me having those ideas. Yeah. Yeah, wow, what a waste of time I was doing in this garden where, Zuru, you were getting no characterization. God, why would we do that? We should all go get jobs. <laughs> I I liked the Secret Garden episode. I, it was, yeah, it was a minus the, episode. Well, the sub had less gender bullshit than the dub. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh God, that that episode yeah. in the dub was gender gender hell oh. back and backwards and forwards. Yeah. Uh, but but is, only yeah. In this episode, not only do we get a line from Brass, which is rare and wonderful, uh, the line is "We should have a taco stand." Yeah, <laughs> Brass. Which, yeah, yeah, we should Brass. Oh man, I wonder yeah. if Brass is reading some sort of like romance based in a taco stand right now. Yeah. Well, she got really into the adventure zone, <laughs> sadly. Um. <laughs> uh oh man. Um. Yeah, uh, this is, you know, we, this is then when we cut over to, uh, Zuru has left hanging out with Arika, who is clearly out filling out job applications, you know, just walking into every store that she sees and handing them her resume while she's dressed nicely, because that's how you get a job in this day and age, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so Zuru is gone to hang out with Icky, and, uh, Icky thinks Nai hates them because she's gonna get this job. 
Uh, but Ziru tells them, you know, hey, listen, you know, things like this are going to happen. You need to accept that Nai is still going to be a part of your life. You need to learn how to accept change. Uh, so, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> Icky. Icky's sobbing into his pillow, inconsolable. No, again, yeah, a death has happened. Uh, There's he, been a death to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I had to listen to it a couple times. So he he gives a little insult that I'm not going to read out. It's not very nice. But then he goes, <laughs> "She made the boys cry." Yeah. Like that was her crime. Is she's making the boys cry? Now I had to listen to it multiple times because I could have sworn he said she made her boys cry, which would have been oh very my God, cute. I wish. Yeah, she made her boys cry. That's us, nice boys, nice guys, yeah. and we're would, ruined. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, my favorite the is, Soderbergh film, <laughs> The Nice Guys. <laughs> the problem is, you know, nice guys finish last. Yeah. Well, that's because they care about friendship right. more than they care about row battling. That's the thing that she's been trying oh, to God. teach and, them this whole time. In addition to apparently lessons that they were given to them by their parents, but Nye gave them, but made it cool, like not touching yeah, electrical fences. They say that. <laughs> That's really, they say that. Also, I, as we get deeper, like toward the climax of this episode, well, I got to talk about that ongoing theme of uh row battling for fun versus row battling for domination. Cause it keeps coming up. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, this is this, this has been the core mm-hmm. theme of Dimashi. Mm-hmm. And in the past, like, couple of episodes, we finally started to, like, that theme is finally showing up in a way that actually rings true in the way that they're plotting these and these battles and stuff. But this is really like the episode where they're like, flat out telling you what the theme is. And it is like coming through loud and yeah. clear and like really working. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Don't touch electrical uh, fences. Yeah. No matter how fun yeah. you might think it might be. Yeah. Because we've all been there, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Making sure that's not just me. I think about it every yeah. time. Yeah, listen. Uh, I've I've gone hiking with a bunch of teenage boys before. Yes, we did find electrical fences. Yes, one of us oh, did touch it. See, uh, <laughs> I learned a trick to, deal, to determine if a fence is electric if you don't know when I was living in New Zealand. And I don't know if that's like common knowledge for people who live in areas with electrical fences or not. No, I I didn't know you lived in New Zealand. Oh, That's yeah, no, not common knowledge. Very few people know this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, please, as the only person under thirty, oh, you true, have yeah. to you have to be the one to right. communicate these these important facts. Uh, uh, supposedly, <laughs> it's actually very simple. If and granted, you need to be in a place that has grass. Uh, so New Zealand is great for this because that place is grassy as shit. Uh, I grew up in in rural yeah. Southern California where everything's dirt. Um, but you yeah. just grab a blade of grass and in your hand you touch the blade of grass to the fence and it'll still shock you but it'll be much 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 more mild than if you just touch the fence okay that makes sense couldn't you just look for the sign that has to be posted on the electric fence saying hey this is an electric is fence that rarely do they rarely post, do they post and New Zealand <laughs> I, I, is different I see them all the time say. That's fair. <laughs> yeah that is that is true. That's fair. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is with Zuru. Let's slip the name of Nai's new boss, Charlie, uh, which uh, Metabi and Icky immediately recognize, um, and are 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 trying to remember where they heard it. And that's when they realize it's the guy they row battled. 
and Meta B has been taking caricature classes and immediately <laughs> draws a picture, a, a mm-hmm. perfect picture of Charlie, holds it up, and realizes that, yes, this is the Killabot loser guy. Uh, he's clearly, uh, th- th- this is this is the truth about Charlie, is he's a Killabot man through and through, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so happy Metabee's taking classes to better himself, especially in art, because, you know, mm-hmm. he's really art-focused that we see here and there. Um, I just love the idea he's yeah. taking caricature classes, and he's being very supportive. That's the thing that I like about Metabee right and now like, is that he's clearly it's really in, good. in a mode where self-expression is very important to him, and people are being very supportive of that, and him, like, figuring out the ways that he wants yeah. to sort of project his voice into the world. But I think... I think um, What's really pushing Metabee towards this uh, self-expression so much, uh, he's always been, you know, very strong in this. But what's making him do it more so, more publicly, um, is the realization that Metabots and Kilobots, the big difference are the personality. And with Kilobots becoming more popular, he's trying to show, hey, Metabots are fun, not just because we kill things, although that's really fun too, but like, because we do sing and wear scarves. You can't, you can't have a singing Kilobot. And he's really trying to express himself to show, again, he deserves to have rights and be right, a person. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if he can sing songs and wear a scarf, if he's mm-hmm. fashionable and fun, then if maybe he won't get thrown away into a giant graveyard. He has to keep visiting full of dead people right, who yeah. may not be dead. They can't. T- <laughs> Which is terrifying. They can't touch you if you're 30, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> they also can't trust you, but that's a different matter. It is the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we cut over to Nye, who is getting ready for her first day at the office. And, uh, you know, putting some makeup on, getting that nice cardigan fit going, uh, and hops into her giant truck and drives off, leaving Honey in charge. Uh, Icky and the gang are ready to follow her because Icky is convinced that Charlie must be a corporate spy here for uh, the, the Killabot Corporation or uh, Extreme tech or whatever it's called um but here's the thing as we know from the beginning of this episode icky is not flush with cash right now and so uh basically asks people to hand over some money uh arika ends up being the one who buys him a train ticket and uh they run off onto the tram <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, uh, can i just say that i really love icky continually uh continuously buys tickets for metabi to ride the train even yeah. though Technically, he could just teleport Metabi wherever he's going, but chooses. It's like, no, 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 I don't have money, but if I did, I'd pay for you to do things with me. So I'm not going to do it unless I can do it next to you. Like, yeah. that is a very sweet thing. Because in the world of Metabots, yeah, uh, Metabi's kind of the Pikachu and doesn't like going into his ball. But if it does mean he gets to teleport places, you'd think he'd be, you know, Metabi does like convenience. He is a lazy boy. Yeah. I don't know. He also probably doesn't want his molecules like taken apart like that, though. Uh, <laughs> it might be fun. It might be fun. But yeah, um, uh, they hop on the train. Um, and again, we find even more truths about Charlie. Uh, they are uh, Nye and Charlie are starting out their research at the Metabot Museum, uh, where Charlie begins to drop a bunch of old Metabot lore. Um, um, before we get <laughs> to the lore. Uh, the fact yeah. that they are at uh, the Metabot Museum is actually a callback to the games, I believe. Oh. Because um, Nye is uh, Aki's granddaughter, but they work at the Metabot Corporation building that is 
in the uh, the Metabot yes. Museum area. Like yeah. they're in the same building. Having recently, oh okay. So I I think this is directly yeah, not towards that. The GBA game uh, that made it to America. That is how things were structured because they were there's like the Metabots Corporation that's down mm-hmm. in the city that's like different, but then they've got a half museum, half research lab that Doctor Aki and Nye work out of uh, in Iki's hometown. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's direct callback to make these because this came out roughly the same time as that. So like I think everything's just tr- trying to merge into one kind of faux canon here, which is fun. But yes, we get Metabot lore, which is like really interesting and good. Yeah. Um, so uh, the the big lore that we get uh, one uh, Metabot parts were not uh, like made on a universal system and therefore exchangeable until the second generation of Metabots. Um, and this is when uh, uh, Nye brings up that, oh, also, that's when, uh, you know, the Metabot Corporation figured out that the the mass market for Metabots was actually as toys to children. Uh, and that the, the ability to exchange and swap parts is really what made Metabots take off and made people realize that, like, these these are good, good uh, uh, little, little robot children that we should give to uh, young people to uh, learn about friendship with, which... Um, uh, you know, Charlie is completely surprised and taken aback by, yeah. which makes Icky think that he mm-hmm. hates children. Uh, he just doesn't like him. Can't right. stand him. <laughs> this is why I really want the sub for this episode. Cause I need to yeah. know, like he reacts very strangely to the fact that she said, Hey, Metabot's demographic is children. Cause that shouldn't right. be surprising. Yeah. Hey, like uh, he, he, which, he might uh, show a face going like, Oh, like disgust or something or like, Oh yeah, I guess. But, like, the fact that he's, like, so shocked is very yeah. weird to me. Like, um, Icky's not wrong for thinking what he's thinking here. Yeah. Uh, and especially, uh, we're, we're going to continue this comedy of errors as they head outside to uh, a patio where they're they're sitting at a table. And uh, Charlie says that he never would have even thought about specifically designing Metabots for children. Uh, which is a really weird thing to say. And, like, mm-hmm. Nye immediately, like, bows her head and apologizes for, like, you know, uh, going against the policy of his research. And that's when he, like, apologizes and says, oh, no, like, uh, you know, uh, when when I was first starting out as a Metabot researcher, my mentor never listened to anything that I had to say. And that made me kind of, like, swear to never to never be that kind of person and to like always like listen to to the people that would be under me that I would be educating but he does it in a way that's very um uh not not to date this to the political time we live in but seems very much like Bernie Sanders is a misogynist because he raises his voice mm. uh it, it definitely like we're Icky is supposed to immediately be heightened because he's getting very like energetic and loud uh, and taking that as he is yelling at Nye when very clearly, like, the context is like, no, it, he's just very passionate about this and is, like, trying to communicate to Nye that he wants to be a good mentor to And in the voice acting, I feel like he carries that across really well, like, especially for doing it in a Kermit the Frog voice. Mm-hmm. I feel like he carries, mm-hmm. like, the emotional core of those lines really <laughs> solidly. Yeah, uh, it's very difficult to convey, like, passionate and maybe even a little worked up and angry at something, but not angry at the person mm-hmm. that you're talking to. And then having to also do that in a Kermit the Frog voice, yeah. this man now, deserves an Oscar. <laughs> now, what if this is just this guy's normal voice? <laughs> and we're, we're attributing, oh, he's doing a Kermit the Frog voice for some... He's not. This is just how the guy talks. <laughs> 
Oh man, they what simply if, hired Kermit the yeah, Frog. For what the if troll. they hired Kermit for this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the real man that is a frog made of felt uh, uh, came out to do this recording. Uh, uh, Kermit was hanging out in Canada at the time. Uh, it, this is uh, the 2000s. The Muppets really weren't uh, doing yeah, during anything the great Muppet um, session. that big. Yeah. Uh, uh, dark days indeed. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I do appreciate stunt casting, but it is like it's good they were able to get Kermit without like spending a ton of budget on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have a whole Also lot of... really good. I'm pretty sure that Kermit the Frog knows Japanese, so he mm. does do both roles. Um... God. <laughs> Kermit the Frog does know Japanese, though. <laughs> uh, so uh, he is about to explain to Nai uh, what he was doing in town previously. He was doing an experiment. Um, and that's when Icky decides to full-on tackle him and throat slam him into the ground. Uh where he reveals that this man is a killabot user. Uh, he is he is truly evil, and he needs to get lost before he sends him to the dentist, which is going to be real tough after he knocks his yeah, teeth out. I don't out. care how good <laughs> very good threat is. followed by. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think my favorite part is like you know Medivy comes to back him up and says, "Yeah, I had teeth before I knew mm-hmm. him, and now look at me," <laughs> <laughs> which is just. <laughs> <laughs> the wildest hype for a threat I've ever heard, and I fucking love it. Oh, man. Uh, this is when Nye, like, steps in to explain, listen, you know, uh, this he was doing an experiment. Charlie is the head, he's the head executive of the Metabot Museum, and he was doing research um, uh, about if you could even possibly row-battle just a normal regular friendship row battle if you could even do it with a kilobot and that's when icky notices that he has a meta watch on his wrist which i'm pretty sure was identical to the, the watches that rogue meta fighters used to command uh, uh kilobots but he knows notices this meta watch on his wrist realizes that he's wrong becomes incredibly ashamed apologizes and runs away <laughs> which is a very icky move hey i was wrong because i'm an idiot i'm just gonna leave the situation now yeah. Smell you uh, later. And he heads down to the culvert, which is his favorite place to hang out. And uh, Charlie shows up to again say, hey, running away, bad idea, shouldn't do it. Um, and, uh, you know, get, has a little heart to heart with him and asks him to row battle him one more time. And uh, asks him if he's a chicken. And that gets him all, you know, fired up and, and him and Medivy are ready to do it. And we head back to the Meta Museum. Uh, where they have an official arena for row battling, and he brings out his favored old robot, uh, King Tank, Yay. with a grapple attack. <laughs> yeah, this is, you got to be really into this Metabot, Colin. It's he's very good. He's got he's he's a tank. He's got a weird robot face, and he speaks in binary. Uh, this is yeah. pretty is a pretty cool Metabot. Also, <laughs> he is a crab. He is a crab. Yes, I, King Tank is great. I fucking love it. it yeah, yeah. It's I, like, I'm down I, for I, it. I, yeah, I love these big spiny like paws that he has. Uh, it definitely feels like something in the branch of the Keith Turtle family. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, we don't get truly, to see his metal yeah. though. Unfortunately, this is true. Hmm. I mean, well, clearly we need to. You know, uh, <gasps> if if only Keith Turtle had a monkey metal so we can grab things better. <laughs> but <laughs> this is good. I I'm a big fan of this design. It is fun, and then uh, we get to see. Like, a more traditional row battle than yeah. we've seen in a long time. Yeah. And we get to see uh, a lot of the highlights of meta battles that I really like. 
yeah. which is complete with like Charlie just starts to shit talk them more and more as this fight goes on. Like, yeah, he's really getting into it. Shit. I'm going to break your fucking bones. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm going to bury you in the swamp. They'll never find you. <laughs> you know, I'm glad you're on for this episode instead of last episode. <laughs> Because I would have to be doing all these Kermit lines, and I'm, I'm glad yeah. you're the one doing them. Oh man! Um, so we do get a really good fight. Like clearly, King Tank is a is a close range fighter, um, but also is surprisingly known for his effortless dodging uh, of of you know using these treads in tandem to serpentine uh, to kind of like close distance and and deal yeah. with ranged attacks. Um, and so Meta B starts trying to shoot his treads out. Uh, but it's just it's it's ineffective. He starts going for the joints. Uh, can't hit him either. He gets he does a cool backflip over top of King uh, King Tank and then grabs him from behind. But King Tank just reverses those arms and then throws Metabee, uh until Metabee runs out of ammo. And this is just a great fight. Just absolutely spent like Amazing stupendous. Fight. I love it. <laughs> uh, we sadly don't get to see how it ends though. Um, instead, we get a flashback to the lunch where we get the full explanation uh, for for Charlie's kind of experiment. Uh, yes, he was basically, like, taking a, a kilobot out uh, to, like, see if you could row battle with it, but hadn't row battled in years. Uh, but just even the, even the act of losing so quickly kind of rekindled the love of row battling he had as a child. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's why he wants Nye here. He wants her fresh perspective as someone who's actually been out there and dealing with kids who are row battling. Um, which is when we, we cut back and Nye's kind of like commenting on this and she even sees Charlie as, as the child he was who loves to row battle. It's, it's a and great shot. Yeah. It's this really cute. Like a good time to sort of pull out that pin that I put in the, the theme that they've been yelling so loud about here. In terms of the the conflict between uh, meta fighting or row battling as like a pure struggle for for dominance or victory, and the love of the game, I guess, because this then also draws <laughs> like a very explicit line between the idea that there is something worthwhile and childlike in engaging this in this for like the love of row battling whereas there is something that is compromised and sort of adult about going at it for conquest alone which i think is really really interesting when you look at the characters who we see running around with kilobots and the situations and contexts and histories that we find them in like if you look at cam that's a kid who's been forced to grow up way too fast. Yeah. <laughs> you could say the same thing about right. Zuru, too. And so it's very, very interesting. Like, I think that there's some interesting thematic space that they are really highlighting by not only making this about, like, those mm -hmm. two modes of of engagement with, um, with row battling, but sort of expanding the thematic or like related spheres of each of those domains to to sort of contain more texture that allows them to rub up against each other in more interesting ways which is weird that i'm saying that about metabots damashi but it's it's happening 
<laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I think just just especially to, uh, uh, that's maybe one of the things that felt kind of, like, empty about the first, like, 10 or 12 or so episodes is how much, like, you know, there, you have all this talk about how, like, oh, the, the real spirit of, of row battling is, like, this, like, friendly, like, sport and, like, you know, having a good time with your friends. But, like, the battles with Killabots were still always incredibly, like, emotionally charged. And, like, this is finally giving us a row battle that has that similar level of, like, enthusiasm and importance and emotional, like, like, like kind of value to it. And there's still conflict, but it it feels that that's such like a specific different kind of emotion that's going on that sells it as like, yes, this is what row battling should be. It should be an old man shit talking a 10 year old, but having a good well, time doing especially it. Especially when you <laughs> tie that into mm-hmm. the way the actual match resolves and where that sort of positions Charlie from from there, where he he's lost the match, but he is resolved and he's enthusiastic and he feels good about the prospect of coming into contact with Icky again and seeing how things turn out that time. Yeah. Because that's them, like, growing together as people and, like, having a relationship instead of, like, forming a rigid hierarchy of dominance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no one even is even thinking about, like... Uh, like, because, you know, it does... We find out how it ends. It ends in the most anticlimactic way possible. Uh, he forgot to charge King Tank up all the way. And so he just loses power and automatically loses uh, at a certain point in the fight. Which, you know, if this was a Killabot fight, okay, well, we're going to destroy your, your bot now uh, and then crush the metal. And, like, that's not even... That doesn't even come mm-hmm. up in conversation. It's just simply, oh, yeah, like, even Icky is, like... Uh, hates the fact that this is how the fight ended. It was a garbage end, and he can't wait to fight either. He wants he wants to continue to have this experience with this man and like learn from him and like have fun metaphors. Right? They they have come <laughs> into mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really good. They've not only come into relationship with each other, but they have come into community with each other through this process, which, yeah. which is again <laughs> very very interesting compared to a lot of the stuff that they were doing earlier and it by contrast does stuff to sharpen and heighten and refine a bunch of the themes that are going on with the kilobots it's it's a surprising amount yeah. of work that the episode's doing if you like really want to sort of like dig in and start pulling it apart god she's was a really good, good. like <laughs> And this is from, like, an episode that is, like, purposely, like, experimental with the way that it's paced and structured, too. Like, this is just, like, man, Dimashi's good. Dimashi's good. It's just good now. Uh. I, I I said it before multiple times. Uh, I'm not sure if I got it recorded, so I'm going to say it again. I'm genuinely upset by how good and how quickly uh, Dimashi's become good. Like, it is, we had uh, genuinely bad television and then for a while there, we had, like, all-right television. And then all of a sudden, it just got really good. Right. And I, I don't like that. No, it's... I, I mean, I, I'm genuinely really enjoying, like, how good it is. And but... there's a part of it to me that is also sort of bittersweet. Because you know by this point, Damashi was doomed. Like, it had been condemned, probably, from a production standpoint. Like, they weren't going yeah. to get too really luxuriate in their stride the hammer was coming down there's like 10 episodes left or something yeah like they they only got 39 total episodes which like you know 
is they're they're gonna they're missing out on like 10, 10 bad boys here uh at least uh you know usually you like not every show will go to 52 but at least like most shows will hit 48 at least no. and they're not even getting that so uh that that does suck but uh, maybe if they came out of the gate swinging right but they didn't they they fumbled yeah and no they did not remember when they just used to make anime happen for 50 episodes they don't they don't do that so yeah. much anymore. <laughs> yeah, like even even Gundam where like you know a mainline Gundam series is guaranteed uh, an honest shot at like a 52 episode se- uh, season. Uh, a Gundam has not been canceled since X, I don't think. Um and even then nowadays like they they can't even keep that up as a weekly show. They have to mm-hmm. split it over two seasons. Uh, you know, like Gun Double and, and IBO both had this issue of like, you know, very clearly they were greenlit for a 52 episode series and still like, you know, had to split that into a season one, season two that have, you know, half a year between them. So yeah, it just, they don't make shows like this anymore uh, unless it's, I don't know, fucking uh, Studio Perot, like yeah, it, uh, Shonen Show, or or if we're just yeah, I was gonna say Puro and Toei are still. the only people still at it. And don't get me wrong, there's benefits to making that shift. Uh, and yeah. I wish the workers saw more of the benefits because animation is still a body and mind destroying, soul crushing industry to work in uh, in Japan, as far as I understand. And yeah, I just know slightly more about the Japanese animation industry than I do like the American anim animation industry so i'm not feeling like i could say but i also know it's a lot of hard work in america as well but i don't think that they're getting like three dollar frame rates uh like per you know three (laughs) dollars per frame you draw which is just like jesus christ Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no thank you um they should unionize or something yeah (laughs) but yeah yeah absolutely i i think (laughs) I, 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 we've gone on record multiple times on this show. Hey, everybody, uh, unionize. I don't care what job you have. This is, this is a pro union podcast. I think, uh, the easy, uh, honestly, this is the easiest way they can defeat the kilobots is by, uh, encouraging the chip yeah. makers to go on a general strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's just what they should be doing. Uh, sadly, uh, the, the plastic facilities should simply shut down. Um, until these kilobots are taken off the market. Uh, but you well, know, how are you going to get uh, Libertarian Hellscape corporate apocalypse to, to do that, uh, sadly? <laughs> I, I don't think the kilobots are necessarily the problem. I think it's just a bunch of shitty kids. Kilobots are boring. I mean, yeah, they can fight good, but they're boring. Yeah, I mean, unless you got ambiguous, too. I think you just got some shitty well, kids. I, yeah, unle- yeah. yeah, unless you got ambiguous, too, and then it's clearly the best metabotic for me. Or, or uh, Black Beetle. A Black Beetle. Uh, Black Beetle yeah. seems pretty rad. You know, Black... Yeah. Uh, Black Beetle, first killbot to have a personality. I'm really excited to see where she goes. Uh, and first killbot to have may or an may eye not patch. Be a little, yeah. The, oh, yeah. First metabot with an eye patch. Uh, she looks so badass. Oh, man. Um, we will just, yeah. We will simply have to see where else the show goes. Um, and in the meantime, Quinn, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can mostly find me right now on Twitter.com at the handle MonkeyPieQuinn. That is M-O-N-K-I-P-I-Q-U-I-N-N. And as soon as the summer heat finally breaks, I am going to start re-releasing episodes of my podcast, Arms of the Tide, which is an actual play podcast, where we engage in some 
discussion and engagement with themes around uh, cyberpunk as well as fantasy. It's all about revolution and unionization. <laughs> it's uh, very much... Uh, the politics are sort of apparent there, for sure. Uh, we've just been on a hiatus for about a year on account of COVID, and everyone's vaccinated, so we can record again. However, it's very, very hot right mm. now, and you put four bodies in a small room, you start baking. But maybe by the time this episode comes out, we'll, we'll be re-releasing, or maybe by the time this episode comes out, we'll be releasing episodes again. But if not, it'll be soon, because... We're so very close. I um, so so excited. Arms of the Tide is absolutely like in my top ten. Uh, excited for it to come back. Understand why you were you all had to take the hiatus, and I'm just glad everybody's safe and you can get back to it. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, I I'm genuinely pumped to to hop on. I got stuff saved on my podcast catcher. I'm I'm ready. Hell yeah! Thank you very much. But yeah, until then, you can find me on Twitter at that address where. I make a lot of posts. I'm watching Columbo right now, and that just sort of has wormed its way into yeah. my brain. Why don't you tell people what you've been posting lately? I've been, I, mostly I've been posting pictures of Columbo. Uh, screenshots from Columbo, and then there, there's that fun AI. Uh, uh, Artflow.ai, yeah. Yes, there's Artflow.ai, which I have been using to generate as many variants of Columbo as I, I can possibly dig up. And some of them there, are great. Yeah. They're all fantastic. I love every single Columbo that you've posted. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, so that's just, that's been my vibe. If you want to hear things about Columbo, if you want to hear about the politics of Columbo as well as other media or politics <laughs> in general, uh, I do that. But I also just, I shit post a lot. I do a lot of shit posting. So yeah. you're just sort of, you're going to have to dive into the water and see how, how it takes for you. But there, yeah. there's a little something in there for most people. As well, long as you like Columbo. Yeah. Uh, Mitch, uh, where can people get one more thing from you? <laughs> they can find me at Big Bad Beetle Boy. That is uh, Big Bad Beetle and B O Y, not B O I. I went over this before uh, on Twitter. What about you, Colin? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Paget Ish and at Paget Esque. Uh, you know, um, I as of this uh, during this recording, uh, Paget uh, Paget Esque is currently open to the public. That will not be true by the time this episode comes out, though. Uh, just you know, stretch my wings over a holiday weekend. Uh, also, I don't know exactly when it's going to drop, but uh, I recorded with Mobile Suit Breakdown recently to talk about environmentalism, environmentalism, and Char's counterattack. And, uh, yeah, they'll be, um, uh, that'll go up at some point. It's a really good episode. I hope everybody enjoys it. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's basically all I'm doing right now. Um, you can find the show at MetaWatch and at MetaRotch. And, uh, yeah, uh, it's a good time. I guess I, I feel bad. I think I said, I think I've said to rate and review on iTunes several times. We've not checked them. I don't know if we ever will, <laughs> but, uh, we appreciate it if you do, I guess, uh, yeah, I've seen two. I've seen two reviews of our podcast, and I do not remember where I saw them. And they were both like four out of five thumbs up. And I'm like, all right, yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. there was like nothing. There was no description. There was like, oh, they're doing a good job. It's just like four out of five, just a four, plain yeah. rate. I'm like, all right, yeah, okay. okay. 
That works. This person doesn't really know how, uh, um, you know, if you rate four out of five stars, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to get mad because you don't understand how iTunes or really anything on our hell world accepts anything other than a five star mm-hmm. review. I'm yeah. going to, you know, four four stars is good enough for me. Thank you. <laughs> if it's good enough for Dragon Ball, it's good enough for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, man, Mitch, uh, Metabots Damashi is good, and we still don't know how to end this podcast. Well, before we end, I had I had one more thing that's just been bothering me. <laughs> you you have another thing that's been bothering you, uh, Detective yeah, There's just one more thing that's been bothering me. <laughs> and uh, with Charlie, you were talking earlier about how you were playing around with one of those, uh, what was it called, a kilobot? My wife was telling me about earlier, you know, her, my nephew. Her, her brother's son. He's been he's been going around on the streets and he's been trying to play games. He's a he's a real robotling kind of kid and uh, ooh things haven't been going so well for him lately because the interference of these of these kilobots. And I, I've been hearing around town that a man who matches your description's been encountering uh, fights with uh, children using one of these things. But at the same time, I hear that you've been spending your time around the Metabots Museum, and I'm just wondering could you could you explain a little bit to me about that about why is it that someone who's so invested in running around town and terrorizing children with a kilobot would be spending most of his working hours at the Metabot Museum? I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just curious. These these little things, they bug me. <laughs>